something happened in the last week that will change business and marketing forever. There's been this very sophisticated artificial intelligence called Chat GPT. In the first five days, a million people signed up and it's literally going to reinvent marketing, certainly content marketing. And we really have two choices. We have to embrace this and figure it out, or you're gonna be unemployed, or you're going to be marginally employed, because this really is gonna change how we do everything. One of the things we need to think about is that this now turns everybody into an excellent content creator. So this idea of creativity is less of an advantage than it was last week. Significant, isn't it? So that's why I think the ideas you're exploring are absolutely critical right now. If you're at an early stage or growth stage VC-backed startup, you're in the right place. Season one and two, I brought on startup founders, marketing and sales leaders to explore brand demand, what approaches work well, challenges and category design. For season three, we're going deep into messy creative experiments, marketing innovation, pushing boundaries, how to make creativity achievable at a growing startup, why it's so important today, balancing creativity with results and how to sell the CEO on the creative stuff. I'll also talk to creatives like artists and writers to understand their approach to creativity and what we can learn and apply to marketing at our startups. See you inside. Welcome back, everybody. I am kicking off the next season of the show, which means I have someone here that's helping me to kick it off. By this time, I've shared on LinkedIn where I'm planning to take the show slightly different direction than what I started with. And so I'm really happy to have Mark Schaefer here with me. He is a marketing strategist, keynote speaker, university educator, teaching at Rutgers University, and best-selling author of Marketing Rebellion. I have that book. You should go get it if you have not read it yet, as well as Cumulative Advantage. Mark. Thank you for coming to the show and joining me and kicking off on what is going to be a really fun season. Well, Anna, thanks for having me. And I like it that you're pivoting and evolving. You know, my podcast, we're in our 10th year. So we beat the odds and we have changed the direction of the show three times in 10 years. Again, it's just to challenge me to respond to the audience, to be more relevant. So good for you that you made a pivot. Thank you. You know, it's easy to just keep doing what you're doing, especially since people keep saying like, I love it. This is so valuable. Listenership is growing. But I'm also listening and learning about what others are doing, where they're taking their show and also listening to my inner excited self. It's a lot about what you're curious about too. Oh, for sure. Right. People ask me a lot, about what kind of content they should create, blogging, podcasting. And and I said, you've got to do what will bring you joy because you can't quit, you can't give up. And if you're not having fun and you're not excited, that's going to come through to the audience. So you've got to do something that's going to bring you joy. Absolutely. So your podcast is called The Marketing Companion. It's Mm -hmm. one of the top 10 marketing podcasts on Apple iTunes. So please 
listeners, please go check that one out. I love listening to it. I always learn something from it. I listened to you and Jay Akonzo on there. I think recently you had another episode out with yeah, him. This week. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You're up to date. I'm up to date. Your blog is called Grow. And it is often cited in lists of the top marketing blogs of the world. So you got a lot of great stuff going on. I super respect you, Mark. And so let's just kick it off, shall we? With um, I think we shall. Let's, let's. So from one of your blog articles, you had put in there something that really resonated with me. I wanted to dig into feeling content comes from a sense of awe to make people feel awe you need to touch an internal cord that is deep and unique. That's why experiences will be so important to the future of content marketing. The stories will be expansive and immersive. And I want to touch on a few things because you said a lot in these sentences. So let's first talk about awe. What is awe to you? To me, awe is something unexpected that makes you go, wow. I should say that the sentence that you read, it's not just an opinion. Actually, uh, a few years ago, Buzz Sumo did a study, and the emotion most associated with content that goes viral is awe, A-W-E, awe. And if you think about the type of content you enjoy and like to share, chances are it's something that you've never seen before, or it makes you laugh, or it's just some sort of unexpected joy. That's why awe is not just my opinion, of where the world needs to go. But the science kind of says that too. Yeah, I did not know that it's actually scientifically proven out, but it does make sense because I'm not just sharing anything, right? I'm sharing the stuff that is tied to a feeling, a strong feeling like, oh my gosh, I got to share this with this strong feeling with someone else so that they can have a strong feeling there you too. Go. That's right. That's right. Right. You want to continue that. So that makes sense. I do agree with you on that. Something unexpected that makes you go, wow. It might not be an ebook from a B2B company that talks about the same trends that they talked about last year. That's probably not going to create that awe, that yeah. thing that makes you go, wow. So think about that as you're putting together content. The other question I had was when you say experiences, you said that's why experiences will be so important to the future of content marketing. Why did you put that in there? When you say experiences, what do you mean exactly? Well, if you look at the last 10 or 12 years of my career, it's basically been devoted to trying to figure out how do we stand out in this world? If you're a business, a startup, a marketer, the thing that's pounding in your head every day is how can I be heard? How can I be seen? How can I be discovered in this world of overwhelming content density? The word that keeps pounding in my head these days is audacious. <laughs> because, I mean, it's like you said, Anna, content isn't a novelty anymore. Everybody's creating content and everybody is creating great content. A lot of the content marketing gurus a few years ago, I wrote this article, this famous article called Content Shock, predicting that it would become a lot more difficult to compete with content as these niches filled up, fill up with content. And a lot of the my critics said, oh, well, the problem isn't content. The problem is there's too much crappy content. Who says? <laughs> I mean, 
we're competing against great, great, great content today, better than ever. Uh, a little example that I think about is I was really impressed with The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian cost $10 million per episode. Then WandaVision was $36 million an episode, like a year later. And the new Lord of the Rings show is $58 million an episode. Wow. I mean, that's Hollywood and TV, but that's what's happening in our industries too. People are creating bigger and better and grander, and so it's harder and harder to compete. Specifically, that quote that you were talking about, I was thinking about, I think it was in reference to some of the new technologies out there today, specifically the metaverse. So what does the metaverse mean to marketing and content marketing? It really provides an opportunity, I think, for people to experience us, not just read it, not just read a B2B white paper, but to see us and meet us and have this immersive experience. I'll give you an example. This isn't a B2B example, but Vans footwear, sort of a skateboard culture kind of, you know, mm -hmm. retail outlet. They created a game within Roblox called Vans World. Okay, so now here is a, a brand trying to appeal to young people who are obsessed with Roblox. They're not going to read a blog post. They're not going to listen to a podcast. So what Vans is doing is going, they're fishing where the fish are, right? And that means creating an immersive experience. I think increasingly the world will be moving in that direction. That's fascinating. I've talked to so many startups on the show. And one of the startups I talked to, it's a B2C startup. And they created, they could have just done the typical, like, come onto the website and put stuff in the cart and purchase it. But they created an immersive experience, too. So they had a pop-up event where they put some of the products in, like, this house because it had to relate to, like, how people would buy the products and set it up in their house. They also created a metaverse. So people didn't actually have to come to that house. They created a metaverse with those products. And and I was blown away because this is a startup that's, I think, their Series A. And they did that. And it made a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and they said that they got a lot of really great signal too, data on what are people looking at in that metaverse. Yeah. What they thought people would buy wasn't actually what people bought. So they used it also for consumer insights. Great example. Yeah. Okay. So that makes sense with the experience side. How do you think startups, and you have been talking about how everybody talks about this idea of like, there's so much crappy content out there, when in reality, we're actually getting better and better with our exactly. content. Yeah, that's right. That's rolling old tapes. It's not true anymore. It's not true anymore. Yeah. But for those startups that, you know, with the companies that are trying to do bigger things, better things, grander things, maybe they have more budget to be able to yeah. do that. Yeah. What about startups? Like, how can they make people feel awe with their content, get people immersed in that experience? What do you think are those ways that they should start to think about doing it and getting better even though they're not quite as big and might not have quite as big of a budget, they could still do these things. Well, 
I mean, one thing to think about is you don't need to compete with the Mandalorian, but if you're doing something different in your industry, if your industry isn't doing very much, it might not necessarily take some Hollywood budget to do something different. Now, I'm going to provide a piece of advice that might sound really weird, but it was a piece of wisdom I learned from, um, I'm, I'm dropping the fellow's name. He's a great entrepreneur. He's the founder of a video company in Boston called Wistia. His first name is Chris, and I'm just dropping his name right now, but he's a wonderful guy. And I interviewed him for one of my books. In the early days of his startup, he was trying to sell and sell and sell and sell, and nothing was working. And then one day, he just took a video camera and he showed how people were working in the office. He showed the work environment, how people were, you know, they were saying hi, and the darn thing went viral. And he said, really, I made the video more or less to show my mom what we do, but it struck a deep chord. And the lesson that he learned was that your culture is your marketing. So if you're kind of a little crazy, be a little crazy, but let that show up. And if you are doing things, amazing things to attract new employees and nurture employees and inspire them, show that, just be that. So it isn't necessarily rocket science, but it's really about get the culture right. If you get the culture right, you'll get the marketing right. So a lot of people think, oh, it's you know, we got to write blog posts. Really, for a startup, get the culture right first. And if you get the culture right, the marketing will sort of evolve from that because those are the stories that people will tell. If you've got a small budget, one of the things I would be looking at is, look, you know, you're not going to be able to spend a lot of advert on advertising, and people don't necessarily see it or trust advertising anyway, but they trust each other. So you know, how can you involve influencers, for example, in your industry who might just fall in love with you and want to support you. It's a way of sort of borrowing that trusted audience. How can you encourage your employees to have a significant, meaningful presence on the web? Maybe they already do. Maybe they podcast, maybe they blog, maybe they're on TikTok or whatever. How can you support that? How can you give them room to grow their personal brand? I think that could be the most important marketing that you do instead of spending money on ads that nobody will see. What if you use money to surround your employees with the training to tell great stories on the web and help them learn and amplify those stories? Because that's gonna look, that's gonna show up as looking good for you because that's what people believe. Hey, it's Anna, the host of Modern Startup Marketing, the show that you're listening to. I'm also the founder of Firminov Marketing Consulting. People call me the Marie Kondo of startup marketing because I help early stage startups clean up their marketing mess with the right strategy and execute with laser focus. So whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help. One, as a fractional startup CMO, I've had over 25 happy clients and mentees. Two, you can sign up to get my monthly newsletter where I'm sharing playbooks and insights and maybe cracking some jokes. And three, you can sponsor this top 10% podcast and get startup founders, marketers, and VCs hearing about your brand. And now back to this episode. Do you think TikTok trainers are going to see an increase in need in 2023? <laughs> I'm half joking. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think there's going to be 
certainly, I think, a certain element of onboarding that's needed for people that are unfamiliar with the language, the culture, the style of TikTok. I mean, I saw this myself. You know, I had a friend that was trying to get on TikTok and someone who's a TikTok expert just took their camera. They went from 15 views to 1,500 views in 20 minutes because this person knew what they were doing. Do you really need a trainer? Uh, You know, I don't know. You probably need an hour of coaching, something like that. I mean, that might be viable. Yeah, but I think TikTok is significant. It's very significant. I think it's the most significant development in social media, probably since the founding of Facebook. Yeah, I was half joking, but Mm -hmm. kind of thinking about the broader picture, not just TikTok, but like encouraging your employees to have a meaningful presence on the web. I think especially when you're an early stage startup and you're thinking about those ways besides, you know, paid ads that you can use the resources you have and grow on the strengths you already have. Yeah. And that actually works. Sure. Because you just need to have a presence digitally and it it can actually help your company grow. But I think what you mentioned about striking a deep chord, that's why the Wistia video went viral or was more widely seen and people were interested in engaging with that is because it struck a deep chord. Yeah. And oftentimes the thing that strikes a deep chord is not what startups focus on, which is like, oh my gosh, people need to hear about this product. It's going to strike a deep chord. That's not what people get emotional about. It's about, I don't know even how to describe it, but it's the human side of things. You mentioned like culture, right? Doing amazing things to attract and nurture employees. There are other things that people get emotional about. And by the way, the founder of Wissy is Chris Savage. Chris Savage. Okay. I admire him very much. I think what you're saying is true. When I look at some of the most successful marketing for startups. It's just simply about peeling back the curtain and saying, this is what we're doing and this is who we are. Especially with young people today, they want to know who you are. They want to know what you do, why you're doing it, how you treat people. Is the business sustainable? Is the business connected to their values? That's really important. So a lot of it is just showing you know, a day in a life. This is what it's like to be me. This is what we're going through right now. This is our opportunity. You know, oh my gosh, we just had a big problem. I don't know if we're going to make it. You know, that's compelling and it strikes that emotional chord. Yeah. Building in public. That's what it sounds like you're talking about a little bit of that. Yeah. It can be very powerful. Totally. Okay. So now, as I mentioned at the very beginning of the episode, and thank you for going into a little bit more about the awe, what it means, experiences, what that means, and what startups can do based on the info you shared. Let's talk about leading into what I want to focus on with the show. And you're an amazing guest to have on to kick that off because feeling awe, to me, that's like feeling something magical. And that ties into creativity. Yeah. And that leads into what I want to talk about more on the show. I've spent the past couple of years focusing on the rational stuff. Like, what are you doing at your startup? What's working? What's not working to drive revenue? challenges, right? All of those things that a business should care about. But one of the questions I asked my guests was what, like, what are one or two of your most creative marketing ideas? And I spent maybe five, 10 minutes of the entire conversation 
But I love talking about that because that to me was like, whoa, that's so exciting. That created a sense of awe. And so I want to talk more about those messy creative experiments that you should be running. I want to talk about more about how to be more creative when you're at a startup doing a million things, how to build creative teams, how to sell the CEO on the creative stuff, how to balance creativity with business results because they still matter. And I will want to talk to not just the startups, but also artists, writers, musicians, because they get that. And I want to bring back the magic to marketing. So what do you think, Mark? What's your take on this? What's it going to take to bring back the magic to marketing? Well, this is perhaps the most important question you can be asking right now. Your pivot and the inquiry of your theme is really timely. So something happened in the last week that will change business and marketing forever. And I don't use that term lightly. I'm not being bombastic. I'm being real. So there's been this very sophisticated artificial intelligence called GPT-3, but it's been a geeky thing. Nobody really knew how to use it. Well, they introduced a new user-friendly version last week called Chat GPT. One million people signed up in five days. Did you sign up? Yes, I did. What people are finding is that they're using words like miraculous. I just got done with an interview a little while ago I think it's just so significant. I talked to a very revered tech analyst who's done it all, seen it all, and here was his quote. This changes everything, absolutely everything. Because what you can do is is you go into this thing, and this is available to everybody. There's a free version and a paid version. You can go in and say, write a blog post about this, make it 500 words long, and make it in the voice of Jim Carrey, how Jim Carrey would write it, or how Brene Brown would write it, or how God would write it. I've seen some very hilarious posts already in the voice of God. (laughs) Amazing. People are writing poetry, lyrics, scripts, research papers with references, essays. It's doing computer code. You can chat with it like a friend. I did that yesterday, and uh, the AI apologized and said, well, you'll have to forgive me. I'm still learning. I said, what do you mean you're still learning? And the AI said, well, I'm learning from you. I'm learning from everybody. So the mistakes in the AI that it's making, it's going to be able to correct itself. (laughs) That's mind-blowing. It's mind-blowing. And so in the first five days, a million people signed up. And it's literally going to reinvent marketing, certainly content marketing. And we really have two choices. We have to embrace this and figure it out, or you're going to be unemployed, or you're going to be marginally employed, because this really is going to change how we do everything. One of the things we need to think about is that this now turns everybody into an excellent content creator. So this idea of creativity is less of an advantage than it was last week. Significant, isn't it? So that's why I think the ideas you're exploring are absolutely critical right now. This might be the singularly most important question going forward. How do we now be, you know, the book that you mentioned, Marketing Rebellion, 
has a very important subtitle, The Most Human Company Wins. That's going to be the real challenge, is that how do we gain that trust? How do we infuse this human nature, these human stories into our content so that people will still come to us and trust us rather than be overwhelmed by all this content that's going to be created by a bot that never gets tired, never gets sick, and never stops. Yeah, because, I mean, you can ask the bot to write your content, but if it's not coming from a place of strategy and figuring out why you're even doing it in the first place and why does your target audience even care about that, you can tell the bot all sorts of things to write and write a bunch of content that really won't matter to anybody Mm -hmm. but you're getting out articles every week like 10 of them you're doing you know it's it's a quantity thing so that's what makes it kind of you know there's the misalignment of thinking this thing is going to solve all of our content marketing needs but it's not because you still need to be human and gain trust it depends it depends and you know i don't want to pop your bubble here but i mean first of all we have to realize that this thing is very, very good. So I interviewed this tech analyst, his name's Shelly Palmer, and Shelly was playing around with it and said, write a post about why Facebook is in peril because of this congressional inquiry in the voice of Shelly Palmer. Now, Shelly Palmer has done thousands of blog posts, so it's easy to crawl that data and see, okay, how does he put things together? He said, that is the moment I realized This really does change everything because this thing wrote it like me. It didn't have maybe my snark in it, but I can put that in. But he said, it even did research that I would need to do to write the article. It did it for me and wrote it in my style. So I don't want to diminish, say, oh, it's just a bot. It's a bot that can be you. It's a bot that can really have your voice. I think that's one of the things that we've sort of, taken some comfort in that, oh, well, it's a bot. It will never really have a human voice. False. It will. It may have a better human voice than you are right now if you're not a good communicator. So now we had an easier job when our competitors sucked. Now our competitors can maybe be as good as us if we're not creating awe, if we're not creating that emotion. And I mean, that is the challenge. And part of it is taking creativity to a new level, using creativity in a way that creates competitive advantage when everybody else is using the bot and they will be using the bot. They'd be stupid not to. Yeah, totally. And I think that's great how that's exactly how it ties into that creativity and exploring that more because... I agree with you. I, I had no idea that this is where the conversation was going, but I am I know. <laughs> blown away and I'm going to go check out GPT, yeah, chat GPT, and yeah. I encourage others to as well. But don't get freaked out when you do this. Oh, you will get freaked out. <laughs> get freaked out. One. Give yourself a moment and then move yeah. forward because with every yeah. change, we still we move forward anyways. So thank you so much, Mark. This has been wonderful. I did not know where this was going, but I think that it beautifully kind of ties in all the concepts together, the feeling of awe, experiences, immersive experiences, why this matters even more today than it did a couple weeks ago. 
And I thank you for coming on here. So if folks want to find Mark, you can do so by going to LinkedIn, Mark W. Schaefer. You can visit his website, businessgrow.com. I'll put the links in businessesgrow.com. I'll put the links into the show notes. And Mark, I super appreciate you. You spent a little bit more than I anticipated and I super love the time together. So thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Anna. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.